Welcome to Criminal Giants, a comedic true crime watch-along podcast where we watch Criminal Minds, all 15 seasons, and discuss the true crime that can be linked, however indirectly, to the episode. We're your hosts, Stacey Johnson and Veronica Shea, and this week we're joined by Tommy Spears in discussing Season 2, Episode 2, P911. Because you're very, very strange. <laughs> I just live my best life. Also, speaking of, um, do you see my new addition? I have a corn gnome. What? He's what is made it? of corn? Oh. Well, no, but he's holding a piece of corn. Oh, okay. Wait, his hat's, is his hat like squash? His hat is a gourd. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but also he's braided his hair. <laughs> oh, he's like, he's a Viking gnome. He's a Nordic gnome. Uh, yeah. yeah. A Nordic corn squash gnome. <laughs> Do you have mini gnomes? Are you starting a collection? What is this? I don't want to talk about it anymore. This makes you feel better. I have two in my house. (gasps) It does make me feel better. I have a golden gnome. You have a golden gnome? Yeah, he's like this tall. When did you get golden? Ages ago. Made of gold? He's like gold. You want me to go get him? Yeah, like golden colored or made of... Should we all leave and get our gnomes? Let's go get our gnomes. We'll be right back. Let's get our gnomes. Well, I already got my gnome. (laughs) This is very exciting. I can't hear you. Hold on. I know. I was just. Oh, oh my god! I got a little sunflower gnome. Love him. This yeah. is huge. <laughs> Big fat. This is gnome Chomsky. Oh, that's awesome! I just called mine Gary. <laughs> nice. He looks nice. like a Gary. I feel like. So, he does. It's the flannel. Yeah, my little sister lived in Finland, and this is like the style of gnome they all have around the house. This I got over here, but I just loved them because I thought that was Cute. cool. But they're like, you have it. to put it in a place you can watch the whole house. These are like security cameras for them. Oh my gosh. Oh, I think it's good for them. Yeah. I just got just this because I think it's hilarious. And actually, I am starting to get more and more gnomes. I don't know if I want to be the gnome lady yet, but like, they're just so cute. Also, why not? I have to put my gnome back. <laughs> He's to watch over the podcast. I know. I guess we'll have mine out for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, yeah. Stacey, you have to name yours. <laughs> this is my gnome pumpkin. Okay. Nice. That's, I mean, it's not Thank very you. creative. No. Am but, okay. I creative, though? I'm just kidding. I, pretty, I am. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You do improv. <laughs> I think so. oh my gosh okay well now that we've gotten that out of the way tommy thank you so much sometimes you do improv or sometimes you're creative yes ah (laughs) i'm caught up asked and answered perfect thank you for coming to my dead talk oh my gosh tommy we're so excited for you to be here so excited to be here thank you for having me yeah, we love having fans of the pod. It, it makes our job easier to already be liked out of the gate. I have listened, I would say, like, long time, first time. But I'm like, I started listening to you guys like two weeks ago. I just blazed through all of them. They're great. Oh, yeah. my gosh, that's amazing. That's a lot of episodes. I love a binger. Yeah. Thanks, Tommy. Hell yeah. We're here to talk about season two, episode two. Ooh. P911. What did that name mean, by the way? I Go think, Stacey, do you know? Okay, I think it's, yes. they call public schools. P.S. Oh, no, because that's a P.S. number. I don't know. What's it mean, Stace? P911 is code for, like, a child pornography thing. So, like, when they're talking through it in, like, law enforcement or in, like, passing. I don't know. They're just like, yeah, we got a P911. How Mm. weird. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Pedophilia 911? Mm. (laughs) This is a pedophilia emergency? (laughs) I don't know. No, guys, I think they're saying child porn is as bad as 911. 
which I'm like, I, I don't, I don't strictly disagree. It's Why pretty bad. It's awful. Never forget, you know. It yeah. stands for parent. Oh wait, hold on. Parent, like a parent alert, basically. So like child huh. pornography parent alert for parents to be on alert or that the parent is doing Listen, I don't make the rules I don't yeah. know why they did this okay okay <laughs> that's what it means parent alert <laughs> interpret how you will be 9-11 great 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 okay well Stace you want to bring us through it I will so this episode the team raced to prevent a child pornographer from auctioning off a boy online so we Start the episode with a little boy looking into a creepy doll camera, which I don't know if you if the unsub was trying to hide the camera. He didn't do a very good job because it was just sticking right out its mouth. Yeah, it wasn't very hidden, but he's looking into the creepy camera and he is pleading with it to be let out, promising that he'll be a good boy. We then swiftly transition into an office setting, which appears to be some sort of government entity. And we find out later that that is the FBI's innocent image unit. Two officers are bringing up the boy's live feed where he is being held and they find a countdown clock in which they come to the conclusion that the boy is going to be sold at an online auction yes add sound effects this is fun for me um (laughs) (laughs) the woman in charge immediately goes get me hotchner at the bau so then we transition over to the bau headquarters where gideon states that over a year ago that same boy showed up on the same site as a new face but he disappeared after a massive manhunt failed to find him isn't that hard when you like break into the scene as a fresh new ingenue and then you're just passed over a year later yeah that is that is very challenging Yeah, it's, t- it's real sad that he didn't get this career off the ground, right? Correct. <laughs> really? I just want to make sure one of us gets canceled straight out the gate. I did it. It's a classic we- Hollywood story. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you were saying? This is unhinged. All this right. could only be unhinged. We brought like three gnomes into it. <laughs> yeah. <this> is- <laughs> that was move one. Episode move one. <laughs> Anyways, so moving on, we find out that the woman who runs the Crimes Against Children unit, who now reached out to Hotch, was a former profile herself, Katie. They say her name, her last name once, but I, I didn't write it down and I forgot. Cool. Because it's exactly what Veronica said. She apparently is somewhat of a legend and the team shows up to, she comes up to show up at work with the former team because she needs help. So, As the team is preparing to leave, Dr. Reed, with his snazzy new haircut, runs into Elle in the hallway, who is itching to get back to her. I know. I She showed up, and I was like, Veronica's going to be pissed. Also, her hair is awful. I hate her so much. Can't wait for her to leave. It does look like a wig, right? Am I not? Yeah. It looks fried. It doesn't look good. I just thought that Reed had also like new haircut, but then he was like, I'm wearing my varsity sweater. And like, like, I feel like he was like, I saw Joseph Gordon-Levitt on TV (laughs) and I just decided I was going to do that. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and in a few seasons, he will be in 500 Days of Summer with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was just manifesting. Oh my God. That's right. It's like, if I start to dress preppy now. Yeah. Very soon. I'll get that call. (laughs) Oh. I love it. So Elle convinces Hotch to let her back into it. So he partners her with Reed to go to the Crimes Against Children unit while the other rest of the team heads to Cleveland, which we find out is where the chat room 
that they found the link to this online auction headquarters is located. Katie, we find, has a fear of flying and Gideon just straight up calls her out. He's like, "Mm, is it because you have a lack of control or something like that? Loved that. Love that little moment between the two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Gideon's an asshole. Yeah. I feel like all of them through this episode would just kind of randomly confront people. And sometimes you're like, yeah, good, take this person down. And then, like, you know what? Uh, we haven't reached this character yet. Never mind. But I just remember they like start yelling at someone where I'm like, this is a kid. Yes. Yeah. He, he's I, unhinged <laughs> always with kids. Bartok. Oh, totally. Sorry. I also love, love, it was so funny because in that same flight, she also schools the entire team on what LOL means. She was like, yeah. LOL. Laugh out loud. <laughs> I, like, I, I had to look up when this came up because of that. Because I was like, wait, when did we need like to... St- what was the cutoff for when we still needed to like explain what the idea of the internet was yeah. on yeah. TV? Yeah, exactly. It was 2006. So I'm like, maybe a lot of people didn't know this. Yeah, that was... I mean, texting, we... 2006, we were still text. If you had like, you had your razor phone, yeah. you were texting with the keypad or you had the flip where you had the full keyboard. I yeah. did definitely have the pink razor phone. Me too. And I switched my back with my best friend who had the black razor phone. Oh, I love Or mine that. was black. Oh, black and yeah, pink. Yeah, black and pink. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Good color scheme. Thank you. I think yeah. I had one of the slide phones by like 06. Ah, oh, yeah, you the did. one that flipped up like that. You pee, 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 pee. Yeah. Nice. nice. I could not text fast. I have huge thumbs. It's not a good. <laughs> not good for this. I have huge thumbs. I got big thumbs, guys. I know it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just brag about it, I guess. Yeah, how dare it's, you? It's my best quality. I have tiny thumbs. Well, you have tiny hands. They are, and they're currently stained red. But anyways, and we move on. <laughs> this is how we go. So, while the team is being schooled on the airplane about what LOL means, uh, uh, Garcia and JJ are digging around on the site to uncover the person by the screen name of Hugs, who shared the live feed link. In their doing so, they discover... Another live feed with a different child being auctioned off, and they find out where this live feed is coming from. So, with guns ablaze, and the team heads to the home of that second child being filmed for sale online, only to discover it was a teenage boy filming himself for money as a way to get money while his father, who we later find out was abusive towards him, was in jail. And it's the Spy Kids kid. Yeah, I was going to say, we should not gloss over the fact that it's the Spy Kids kid. Right, who is now married to, um, what's her butt? Megan Trainer. Oh, yeah, it is. All about that base. Oh, my God. He Uh, was on the grind from the get-go. Yeah. Truly. But keep keep in mind, the Megan Trainer song, Dear Future Husband, is about that kid. Think about that. Amazing. It's about that child pornographer. I mean, you you have to have a side hustle, you know, in this economy. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's true. It's tough times. Gobsmacked. That is the Spy Kids kid. I could not tell how old he was supposed to be in this. I think he was supposed to be under, like, in his teens. So, like, 14, 15, I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, That was my best guess, but... 
Anywho's all. So the team is chit-chatting with this Spy Kids teenager who finally gives up the screen name of the guy who shared the original boys live auction link called Metavas. This comes into play later. The BAU talks the teenager into asking Metavas to meet up in person in Virginia. While watching this live feed of the captive boy, Garcia discovers that the boy is a part of a wilderness group called the Tadpoles. They look up the troop unit number to see if they can find more information. L does not listen to Hotch's orders. Are we surprised? No. <laughs> Hater. And she heads to Virginia to help the team in their plight. After the sting operation, the team arrests the principal of a school and search his office. There they discover a hidden laptop. And the whole time, the guy's like, I don't know. I was just trying to help him. Someone needed to yeah. save him. That is the worst cover ever. Well, he also, like, changed his story three times in, like, the 15 minutes. Because first he's like, I'm just walking outside. Yes. And then they, like, find his stuff. And he's like, that's research for a book I'm writing. <laughs> like, he just kept changing. And I'm like, why would you do this? Yeah, right. Just, just, just yeah. get a lawyer. For real. Yeah. Just shut up and get a lawyer. But it is interesting that the team, because the team discovers that Metavos is save him them. spelled. Save them. Save them. That's what I meant. Save them spelled backwards. Wild. <laughs> which they use as his password. Anyways, moving on. To get his password, no, no, wait, wait, wait. which is butterfly. Butterfly. Or that's the code. Which yeah. is wild. Yeah. The whole thing, he just was weird from the get-go. But you kind of believed him, but then you kind of didn't at the same time. So here we are. But did he remind anyone else of Mr. Holland's opus? <gasps> oh, yeah. Well, but, uh, well, it kind of looked like that. Right? Yeah. What's, what's that actor? I didn't think of that right away. Yeah. What's that that's uh, Richard Richard. Richard yeah, he reminds me of Richard yeah. Dreyfus. Ew, awkward. So after they get through the laptop issue, we head over to where the boy is being held captive, only to see the faceless unsub on the other side of the door, watching the news of the principal being arrested. The unsub then chats with the BAU, who is posing as the principal, and shuts down all communication as well as all of Garcia's efforts. So we head over to Mount Pleasant, Virginia then, which is where Garcia finds that the Wilderness Boy Troop was located and there's only two hours left on the auction. JJ pulls a favor and pushes a media release stating that they are looking for the boy in Virginia and not Mount Pleasant. Doing a little switcheroo there, hoping to buy some time, throwing the um sub off a little bit. After Bam. Checking, Bam. There we, was that bam that was i was just giving you a sound effect yeah oh I Th that's actually yeah that's foreshadowing for the audience they arrest emerald lugosi at the end of this <gasps> bam. drama i bam. love this restaurant actually i've never <laughs> yeah. been to a, an emerald restaurant no me either <laughs> i didn't know he had restaurants yeah they're like all over the place but i feel like hmm. he's turning into like a jimmy buffett type sitch you know i don't know anyways what's wrong with that that's yeah you there's worse things you don't like getting drunk with 50 year olds during the day actually jimmy buffett that's, that's my type fun. okay yeah that does okay. sound pretty fun right here's the thing i would do it the next time i'm down in la 
the three of us, we are all going to go and get drunk with 50-year-olds during the daytime. Yes. But we all have to wear, I have one request, we all have to wear a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. So are we going to Cheeseburger in Paradise or Margaritaville? Both. Because there are Why two Jimmy Buffett chains. Yeah, exactly. Both. Yeah, all right. Why I'm in. not both? We're going to go to Cheeseburger and then we're going to go to Margaritaville. Yeah. yeah. I think we should we get with- lunch at Cheeseburger to get a base and then start and then- drinking and then fit- go over to Margaritaville to really ramp it up. We're going to do a Bam Bam. Yeah. We're going to do a, a Bam Bam. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what. Speaking of sex crimes, <laughs> that come from Louis. Oh, I believe is where they at least where I was where I first heard that. You're right. Yeah. Oh boy! So while yeah. in Virginia, JJ pulls that favor. They try to throw the unsub off a little bit. The team is checking with local church and the local school, and they find out the boy's name Charlie Sparks. Or so we think it's Charlie Sparks. While regrouping, the team literally is outside regrouping, chit-chatting in some random driveway. The team, they're figuring out this while the auction clock is running out. The unsub at this point is like freaking out and he smashes through the wall where the boy is being held captive with a sledgehammer. This part I thought was hilarious. He's just like getting in there, right? They realize during the investigation that Katie must have gotten close to the unsub, which is why he's running in fear at this moment. That's motivating his change in behavior now. The team goes through her old suspect list. They whittle it down to one possible guy and head over to his place as he is leaving with the boy in a crate, in a van, and arrests him. Derek Morgan being his badass self and all. He always has the good the good lines too when they arrest him. Talk about someone I want to bam bam. <laughs> oh boy! During his arrest, they uh, they discover Katie discovers the boy is being held in the crate and he's screaming "Daddy!" trying to be let out while they're trying to like calm him down. We find out that the boy was kidnapped. His actual name is Dustin Powers, which also seems like a really fake name. Sounds like a porn star. It does it feels like they wrote in austin powers as like the placeholder name and then they were like guys we're shooting today and they were like oh shit yeah just just get a red pen and put d in front and we'll be fine we're fine we're done yeah right it's fine they won't notice it's just at the end they won't notice exactly that is that is exactly what happened and then they found out that the little boy was actually abducted when he was one years old in new jersey poor little nugget they but they are able to contact the boy's mother they get him reunited, and then, like always, we end on a fabulous shot of Gideon, pensive. You, you skipped my favorite part of this ending. Oh my god, tell me. What was your favorite part? So they like, there's this big emotional moment. The mother's coming through, and they're like, hey, you can meet him, but don't tell him you're his mom, because it's really going to be scarring. Oh and you're god, like, oh, what yes. an emotionally difficult situation. And then the writers decide to end with this, where he's got like the army doll he's been carrying the whole time, and he goes, his name is Jack. And she's like, my name is Jackie. And I'm like, we're really doing right? this? Like he would know the as a one-year-old what his mother's name yeah, and then no. keep like yes yeah, same yep for a second i thought like is she lying is that like she's just trying to get close so she's like i'll just say it you know whatever 
I don't think she was, but it was yeah. very weird. Yeah. yeah. It, ugh, it was so weird. And then I would just like to add on, because it's the link to our actual case, is they realized she got close to catching him, which changed the behavior of him being in a room oh. to him being in, like, built into a hallway with no entry or exit kind of thing. Yeah. He was, like, in a wall, they ultimately. Built the room around him. Him, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so I just would like to put that on. Um, yeah, and that's our episode. Good job, yeah. Stace. That was her first recap. That was my first recap. Oh, cool. Thank you. I took so many notes. <laughs> can, I, can I say something yes. that is not strictly episode related, Absolutely. but that I thought was hilarious? I, I, this is the only note I have down in front of me, as just so I didn't forget. I got one commercial on Hulu for this twice. Oh, like uh, only one repeated. Yeah, only only I, I got a bunch of different commercials. Only one repeated. It was for the new Cirque du Soleil Michael Jackson oh, show, oh, which I was God. like in the middle of this pedophilia episode. <laughs> Oh my god! It made me kind of like call them and be like, "Pull this ad from this! Like, don't put these two things together." Right? Oh my god! It's really drawing attention to like. I think one of them was they were like it ended on like maybe Shamar Moore even saying like, "What kind of person would do this?" And then it cut to that, and I'm like, "No!" Oh, thank God for small favors, though. What a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful. Okay, yeah, the episode was wild, and I think mostly is just setting up the L. Because I think she's gone in like two episodes. So I think they're really setting up her exit because she was just insubordinate. Like he could have sent her home and suspended her. But Hotch is too nice. I hate Elle anyway is what I'm saying. So Derek Morgan, (laughs) love of our lives. We're working on our transitions here in season two. How are we doing? Good, good, great. Good, 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 good. Nice. Excuse me, Stacey? (laughs) Did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah. No. Gimme, gimme more. So we, as you know, rate out of one out of five helpings. Stacy, do you want to go first or do you want me yep. to go first? I haven't even I'll thought about it. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. He's got good eyebrow game. It's got the lean. It's showing a little bit of an angry side, which, you know, gives off a bad boy vibe. I'm going to yeah. give it a four. Great. 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 Tommy, do you want to go or you want me to go? Sure. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. So I thought... I was like, we, di- we didn't get a ton of him this we episode. We got not. a lot, but not like a, but I, I'll give him two things. First of all, he looks great in that picture, but yeah. also I was like, oh, you know, you get a, you get a point, obviously, for fighting pedophiles, cause like, that's just always gonna, yes. you know, that ups your, and I guess, you know what, that should be, that's a tip to all the male listeners. If you want to up your standing, just root out pedophilia in your community and stop yes. it. Yes. Correct. You'll look a little more attractive. Yes. Instantly hotter. But I also liked, uh, weirdly, I'm like, because usually I think of him as being the aggressive one, having seen now three Ooh. episodes. So I'm like, I don't have a huge base here. But uh, I was like, everyone was yelling. And then I feel like he like kind of leveled with Spy Kids and was like, come on, man, this is like a kid, you know, help, help us out. And I was like, I like that. He got a little sensitive. I'll give him a four as well. <gasps> nice. Yeah. Well, we so you haven't seen his origin story episode then. No, I've not. I watched the first two episodes and then I meant to watch like the Rough. first and then a middle one, but I was so interested in the fucking footpath shooter. Yes. Footpath yeah, killer. Yeah. 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 And then I He's watched based off one. of a real guy too. Yeah. I think I heard you guys talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it's a good one. Maybe. To answer the question you asked a half hour ago, <laughs> I have not seen his origin Yeah, story. so it turns out that, he, uh, spoilers, he was abused as a child. So... Mm. 
So that okay, so he yeah. comes from a little bit different place. Yeah, no, I love Morgan. Morgan's a great character. Um, I'm also going to give him a four. Great eyebrow game. We got a little bit of the mm-hmm. hand holding the coffee, and as we've discussed, it looks like his hand is gigantic compared to coffee products. So I like that. Yeah. It's only compared to coffee. Pro- like if he was holding another beverage, it would just be normal. Well. It's never on mugs that we notice it. It's on the like to go cups. So I do think they size them down (laughs) to make him look big. I don't know. They might. I don't know. It's so weird. I kind of (laughs) hope they do. Right. So, but like he's gripping the lid and it's like this instead of like that. You know what I mean? It's like the weirdest like stipulation in your contract. Like I must be always carrying a slightly smaller coffee mug so that my hands look bigger. I would, I would love that as a like crazy actor request that it's like make all of my props Absolutely. to like three quarters scale, so I just look a little bit bigger than everyone. I can also never share frame with everyone else. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Perspective must I always have to look giant. <laughs> yeah, so I think four, four across the the board. Perfect for him. That's a good score. Four for more. Ooh. <gasps> God, Look at you so go. Good. It's rhyming. Morning rhyming. <laughs> I feel like I could fall back asleep at any time. Oh my gosh, I know. I'm not like tired. I'm just like, it's it's nice. It's warm in the apartment. I could fall back oh asleep. Oh my God. Be nice. Anytime you get me cozy in any way, shape, or form, I'm like instantly asleep. <laughs> I like that only one eye shut when you did that. Oh my gosh, you guys. Okay. Today we're talking about the kidnapping of Katie Beers, who's also known as the girl in the wall. That's what she is known for being. Lucky her. What a thing to be known for. Which is not really accurate to what was built. Correct. I, I don't know. It was, yeah. yeah. Correct. It was It was one of those where I'm like, why Like, why wouldn't they just call it like, the girl in the dungeon? Because it was a Well, that's actually not specific enough because the there are quite a few girls in the dungeon, unfortunately. There's a dungeon club. Yeah, that's probably true. All right. You got me there. <laughs> is that like, is that like the babysitter's club, but where? Yeah. It's like from the babysitter's club is like PG and then your R rated is girls in the dungeon. Yes, the dungeon club. Right. They, that is a thing though. They, they do have host like dungeon parties and things like that. It's a, in the. Do you go to dungeon parties? No, I don't. But I had a roommate before who was really into some stuff and would talk about it often same you know what i'm okay with that because it sounds like adults consensual dungeon it was all this guy you know this is not consensual it's not nice this guy's ruining the good name of dungeons in america by using them for terrible reasons the kink community is very upset right now (laughs) yeah the bdsm community is like can you please this is not well do you remember the bdsm community was like up in arms about 50 shades of gray yeah they did not like they're like this is not consensual bdsm play there was no discussion there's no safe words there's like this is not bdsm this is abuse (laughs) and i was like okay bdsm community come on anyway enough about that okay let's talk about katie beers Okay, so Katie Beers is a, a young girl from Long Island out in New York. That was, I gotta say this, I did all this research first, and then very last I watched the related video you sent, and I was so glad I did that, because I had not in my head realized all of these monsters have, like, the thickest, most cartoony <laughs> accents, and it was hilarious. It is so funny. It kind of made things better. <laughs> I love yeah, it, it was Long, like, Long Island accent. They're hysterical. You have to say it correctly. Long Island. Long yeah. Island. Long Island. Yeah. Long Island. Do we have to say it? Like, are, 
are they deserving of extra respect? Do we have to say it I right? I think saying it right is kind of making fun of them. Fair enough. We will make yes. fun of these people because uh, if, I, well, you'll Long, see if Long Island, suck it up. So, Let's go. <laughs> so she's born in 82. She's an older brother who's like six years older than her, who's John. I'm going to call him Brother John because the real villain of this story is a guy named John Esposito. They call him Big John. Brother John. Yeah. So she and Brother John, they have a mother, Marilyn, who is like never around. And all the information, I, I have no idea who his father is, but they don't know who her biological father is, which is not like a great place to jump off from. I got Yeah, the mom is uh, is living yeah. her life. Which, no, no judgment on that part, more judgment yes. on this next part, which is she's never around. So they're, they live exclusively with Hades' godmother, who's Linda. I'm going to, I got to Oh, the name is name, so weird. It's a weird mm-hmm. lesson. Yeah, I, I did not. I don't think I heard anyone say it out loud. Because no one um, can say it, I think. She was Linda Ingleharry. Ingle- Ingle- yeah, I think that's right. That sounds right. Yeah. So they stay with her and her husband, Salvatore. And like she and brother John are both sexually abused by Sal for like years and years and years. And they always talk about Katie is like pretty much used as a slave. It's very like Cinderella-ish that they're like, they kind of just make her cook and clean, which I'm like, this is starting when she's two or three. I don't know when she starts cooking and cleaning, but I'm like, that's an odd thing to, yeah. you know, I'm like, why would you rely on a child? Yeah, Matilda moment. That's such a weird thought. Like, I'm like, I get that you're terrible monsters, so I understand the other thing you're doing, but I just don't understand the logic of this part of the situation yeah. at all. Anyway. Like, how can she even reach the stove? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, also, what child is good at cleaning? <laughs> right? <laughs> like at True. three years old. I'm still not good at yeah. cleaning. Uh, I try, and I'm like, well, that kind of looks better. Yeah, no, me either. This is this room is a mess. I have to be you eclectic know. to hide it. Yeah, but I think if there's anything we take away from the story, it's that people who care about cleanliness are pedophiles <laughs> and monsters. So think about that. I was just about to say I'm good at cleaning. I don't want to now. Well, don't wow. don't say it now. <laughs> After that huge inflammatory statement I just said. That's not true, but, you know, maybe I'll walk it back if, like, Glade or Clorox will sponsor you. Okay, perfect. Then I'll change my opinion on cleaning. I love a good Lysol wipe. (laughs) They're pretty great. So, Katie's living this very hellish experience. By the way, I do want to keep mentioning the brother only because I, from what I've noticed, I'm like, he's cut out of the narrative a lot. And it seems like he was also, he went through very similar stuff. Uh, We'll get more to him at the end. But um, so, I I heard this characterized this way that her only friend was friend of the family, John Esposito, who's a guy who's like, I think, 42 at this point. Like, he's, he's a full adult by a lot. By a lot. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. I don't know why I had to qualify that. I'm like, he's not like close to the brother's yeah. age. I'm not at all clear why he's friends with this family, especially because mm-hmm. like, we'll get into John here and, and his family. So I think he's friends with the family because they have a specific shared interest. What am I? Oh, he's, oh, because he's friends. I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought he was no, friends No, I think with he's Maryland. friends with the Ingarellis. Yeah. Uncle. Right. Right. Which, okay. So very yeah, clearly. Yeah, they share friends. Um, victims. Yeah. But it kind of seems that way. And it, okay. So I read that Marilyn didn't know this. The mom didn't seem to know this, but that like Esposito got arrested and like pled out in 78. So a couple years before Katie's born, because he tried to grab, in most accounts, it's a 12 year old Mm -hmm. boy Mm -hmm. in a mall. In one, it was a 12 year old girl in a mall. I'm not really clear. It was a boy. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he paid his way out, kind of. Yeah. He pled 
guilty so that he didn't have to out of like because he got probation he didn't go to go to jail yeah to go to prison which like yeah how are you around children yeah well not just around children so he i feel like this is just because the internet doesn't exist at this point right so like he immediately kind of turns around and starts advertising himself in flyers at like stores which I guess if you're if you're like a young person listening to this, that was Facebook then was just like bulletin boards at grocery it really stores. Was. Yeah. And he was advertising that he was a big brother, like in the Big Brothers program, you know, like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, where adults mentor kids. Uh he wasn't. I guess he had applied to be and they like ran the they made like one phone call and were like, Hey, uh no. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for yeah. your interest. At this time we are yeah. going in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. We- which also, I think, says a lot about, like, how public that knowledge must have been. Because I'm like, they didn't have the internet. They found out real quick that this was who this guy was. Yeah. I read about that after, like, he gets arrested eventually. A bunch of teens are talking about this. And they're like, oh, we, like, hung out with him when we were kids. He was, like, a big brother. And he, like, didn't do any of that to us. It was, like, yeah. a very weird thing where I'm like, okay, so maybe he was partly operating this legitimately as, like, cover. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's interesting. Unclear. Yeah, but he's uh, obviously full creep, all of that. So he, by the way, also, uh, this is where I'll get the brother's story in here, is that he also had like molested brother John for years and years and years until telling him to his face. And I was like, this must be crushing in its own weird way. Like, you're too old now. And I'm like, yeah, like, what an odd, I couldn't get over. I'm like, that must have also been weirdly traumatic. Yeah, probably. To be like, no, you're kind of trash now. Like, whatever, get out. Anyway, we'll get back to katie here so it's a couple of days before her 10th birthday it's december 1992 and john comes to the house big john comes to linda's house and he's like i'm gonna take her toy shopping which by the way okay little side note on that in a couple of versions of the story i found i have no idea what this is they actually do go to toys r us for a minute i don't know why that would be because of this next step which is they all Say this, they go and play a video game in his bedroom. I'm getting red flags all over the place. <laughs> and then he forces her into a dungeon he had built after yeah. like an hour. It's this big, I guess, I'll, 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 let me detour real quick and explain the Esposito <laughs> family. They move out to Long Island from Brooklyn in the 50s as part of white flight. They immediately, like I think within a year, the oldest son uh, is five years old, is killed in a car crash. The parents never get over it. The Like the mom keeps talking about it. And it's just kind of a messed up family anyway. Shortly before this happened, the next, no, let's see. John's mm-hmm. a twin and he eventually starts a construction business with them, but they all like continue to live at home well into adulthood. And like right before this happens, the youngest brother dies of a cocaine induced heart attack. Holy shit. And then a couple months after that, the mom dies. That's wild. Also, this is a really random thought, but like, I feel like everyone who lives on like, like Long Island is in the construction business. Hmm. Yeah, it, it really mob, had that vibe. Big mob area. You know? Big mob, big construction, big... Yeah, but, like, there's just a bunch of death around him right before he kidnaps Katie. And, like, keep in mind, he'd done this, he tried to do this back in the day. It's not like yeah. he spurred it on. I'm just wondering if, like, maybe it made him more unstable that he chose to go this way. I mean, totally. Lots of stressors. We see that before unsubs, like, actually through. Yeah. And it does look like he's a true pedophile, by which I mean... It's yes. prepubescent, and a lot of pedophiles do not have preference, boy or girl, because it's prepubescent. 
which is why he would have told brother John, like, you're too old now because he's not into teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I always forget what the term is for people who are into teenagers, but it's not pedophilia, even though we blanket at that. But yeah, it's still Mm -hmm. messed up, but thanks, Stace. In any case, uh, yeah, because brother John's about like 15 or 16 when this, when Katie's kidnapped. So I guess he is too old for this guy. But anyway, I was like, like, lucky John, lucky brother John, because he could have easily been in the dungeon. Kind of. We'll get into it here at the end, because I I found some stuff about what happened to him, but not a lot. Anyway, so what was I? Oh, yeah. But no, just like the parents are both dead now. He's got that younger brother who died. His twin and the twin's wife move out of the main house. Big John's been living in this converted garage for like around a decade at least yeah that he like built himself yeah he had he had renovated it mm. i think it was just like a garage and he made like yeah. a little second guest house whatever and then love a handyman yeah and then he dug a dungeon <laughs> as you do and like you know covered with concrete and soundproof yeah. well that was the thing was later when she got out katie realized she was like oh i had played in this dirt that they had displaced making this like i had played at this yeah. construction site two years before what a crazy realization yeah but like the last person living, so like he's already kind of separate from the family. The last person living in the main house is his youngest brother's, you know, the one who died from cocaine, that widow. She moves out like end of November, like around three weeks before this all goes down. So I am like, he is truly like left alone. It sort of reminded me of, did you see that movie, My Friend Dahmer? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, like the whole friend, the whole family just like moves out yeah. suddenly and i'm like yeah now left alone like some dark stuff is gonna happen yeah. he's not talking to anyone yeah it was and Dahmer. Dahmer's one of my favorite serial killers he's probably my second favorite the audacity in veronica's eyes when you asked her if she saw that was just like <laughs> i have the book <laughs> please it's a graphic novel, isn't it? It is. Right? Because it was a cartoonist. By Durf Backdurf, who Durf was played by Alex Wolf in the movie. Fabulous name. But his parents were going through a contentious divorce and fighting tooth and nail for his younger brother. But because he was so close to being 18, that was like part of the thing of him was he wanted people to stop leaving him. And that's kind of where it started. It started with his dad when he was younger and then the divorce and then being left in the house. Mm-hmm. And then... Remember this conversation when we get to the end of the story and are talking about the brother. We'll get into that. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's not it's not exactly the same thing, but... Oh my god, I didn't even look up the brother, so I'm like, this is very exciting. Damn. We'll get into why I was so fascinated, but anyway. Yes, uh, okay. Let's keep going with this story. So, he's built this dungeon, and they specify for some reason that it's like it's at the end of a six-foot tunnel. They were all like eager to share that detail. I have no idea why. It seems like yeah. the least interesting part to me. The interesting part was, and they do this in the episode, Episode, he made like what they kept calling a coffin sized room, which was, I think, just like almost like a cage within this bigger yeah. dungeon. And it has like a mattress and a toilet yeah. and a TV mm-hmm. in there. And weirdly, I, I wanted to talk about this in reading some of the reporting. I felt this was like irresponsible phrasing. They were like, in addition to like bringing her blankets and pillows, he would bring her like toys and junk food. And I'm like, don't make it sound like he's yeah. a big guy here. Right. Do not fluff this. While I, she's watching yeah. like the TV coverage of the continued search for her. While she's like chained to this bed in a room inside a bunker. Like, what? She's chained by the neck. And at some point she gets a hold of a key and she's able Mm -hmm. to unchain herself, except when he, she'll rechain herself when he's coming. So I was also unclear if he's watching her with cameras. If it's not clear to the audience, he's abusing her sexually horrifically through this whole period. 
you know, he's keeping a child in a dungeon. You probably guess yeah. that was going to happen. It says there's a C- yeah, CCTV so, system, but I always got the impression yeah, it was I thought that. outside. So, like, she could see when he was coming. Mm. So, there was surveillance outside is what oh. I thought it was. And that, that was in the sense. larger yeah, it's- dungeon. And then she had a TV yeah. for, like, entertainment purposes in her little coffin. Yeah, and hang on, I want to check my notes because there was uh, a detail I thought was kind of, I don't want to say funny, but maybe kind of funny about this. She said that like, like now she has said she's repulsed by chocolate after dinner mints because they were a staple for her in her captivity. Like he gave them to her all the time because he wasn't yeah. feeding her well, he was giving her junk food. She also can't listen to Whitney Houston's version of I Will Always Love You because it was on loop on MTV and VH1 during the 17-day period she oh was in the dungeon. Oh, my God. And I'm like, that's just like a weird little specific. I believe it. There are those songs, yeah. you know. I feel like they did that to American Idiot. A lot of people can't listen to that song because of the radio in 2005. Yeah. I mean, look, songs get overplayed, but I think she's also just like, I can't disassociate that with the time I was kept in a dungeon for sex slavery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. The trauma. Sure, sure, sure. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I going back to kind of the coverage mm-hmm. of this guy after the fact, two articles also characterized him as wanting to save her from abuse by Sal. And I'm like, I don't know if he thought that, but I feel like it's weird you're reporting it that yeah. way. Like, don't. It felt like there were certain reportings where I'm like, stop trying to spin it like he's a good guy. You know, I'm like, no, he's a yeah. terrible monster. I, yeah. I think people uh, try you know. to be like, this was their thinking and it was just improper. And it was like, no, man, yeah. he's a monster. And he's saying this to try to yeah, make no. himself look better. He's a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He maybe does have it in his head, but like we should be clearer in reporting that, that it's like he is delusional because his solution was not like, I'm going to take you to the authorities. It was like, I built a dungeon where I'm going to chain you by the neck to the wall. Like it's not, he's not trying to save anyone. So he, uh, I want to talk about his cover because I think this is very dumb the way he tries to do it. So good. Yeah. So he makes her record a tape recorder message where she is pretending she's on the phone uh, and she says, like, that a man with a knife kidnapped her and like, oh, she's got to go because he's coming. And they I was also glad I watched the video because they played that. And I'm like, you can hear how fake it sounds mm-hmm. like she, you know, because I'm like, yeah, she's a nine year old. She's probably not mm-hmm. great at like acting. <laughs> That would be a that would be a little unfair to expect from her. So I'm like, it's wild he thought this would work. He goes to and I want to get the name of this uh arcade on Long Island right cuz I felt like it had a good one. Are they still there? I wonder. I was Probably not. To Google it. No, they have shut down. I read that. Is it like I Spaceplex or something? Yeah, it's something like it had a space name. If we find it, we find it. But uh so he goes there Goes to a payphone outside, calls Linda, and then I found out also in that video, like, he tried to call her, like, several times, which makes this even shadier. Like, he waited until, I guess, she almost picked up or something, because I think they Mm -hmm. left this as a message. I couldn't quite tell. But so, he plays the tape at this payphone outside, and then he goes into the arcade and is like, I'm missing this little girl. I was here with her. Like, where could she have gone? And they're like, I'm immediately like, this is falling apart in you right away. Because when the cops are later, like, asking employees, like, so did you see him come in with a little girl? They're like, no, we didn't see him until he came in saying she was lost in here. Yeah. Fully alone. And, like, you know, they're showing the little girl's picture and, like, these are just, like, random Long Island teenagers. So, of course, they're like, you know, they want to help you know, say this girl. And they're like, no, I've never seen this person in my life. Like, right. I, you know, it's, it's so easy to yeah. pick apart. I'm like, this guy's so like, it's crazy. That he planned so long to make this dungeon that mm-hmm. took like a year and a half to build and wasn't like, I should figure out the logistics of how this is going to work. 
at all. And it seems like an after the fact. But that's what's so weird is I'm like, it doesn't seem like he was spurred on by like, oh, I've got the chance right now to get like he he came into this with some kind of plan. Not a good one. I'm just like, how do you, you know, you spent probably a few thousand dollars in construction. Mm-hmm. You didn't at one time think like, what do the cops need yeah. in an alibi? Like, just also, it's like anyway. she could just disappear. Like, it's not like they were being watched a lot. I don't no. think. Although she was being used as a slave, so they might have missed her more than John. It just seems like he could have taken her without mm-hmm. anyone noticing and then not said anything, and she yeah. just like vanishes into thin air. Well, also. If he knows Sal for the reason we think he knows Sal, that I'm like, yeah, he would probably realize like, what are you going to do? Go to the police? Like, they're going to start looking into you. Yeah. Well, because I'm I'm pretty sure Sal was letting him abuse brother John. Like, I yeah, there must yeah. have been there an element of that. Because we see that a lot with like parent offenders that the dad will like pa- pass their daughter around his friend. It's like really gross and awful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything about this story is going to be gross and awful. I got to be honest. There's not much heavy parts of this. Other than, I guess, spoiler, she wrote a book about it, so she lived. Yeah. She's living a great life right now. I'm worried about her. I'll just get in front of that. I know we're still in the middle of the story, but if you're anxious about it, she's alive and allegedly very happy, according to her. So, actually, I was going to say, like, his lack of planning is kind of what starts bringing him down. The cops are right away like, all right, he's a number one suspect. We also think Sal is up to something. Like, they thought Sal might have done it. And I'm like, yeah, he seems pretty shady. Uh, I also noticed, like, the one clip I saw of Sal, they interview him as he's, like, he's driving Mm -hmm. somewhere. So, he's in the car looking so casual, being like, we got to find her. And you're like, yeah, I don't think this guy, part of it's the accent, but part of it's also just like, I, you look so nonplussed about yeah. the fact that this girl is missing. He's like, I yeah. can't believe we have to waste our time on this. Yeah, that was sort of a thing in the episode. A lot of adults, I thought, were going to be in on it in the episode because of mm-hmm. how casually they were treating it. Like when they go to the reverend and they're like, please, we need records. This kid's going to be sold. He's like, I don't think we have any. The church is pretty badly managed. And I was like, this guy's in on it. And then he wasn't. He was just some yeah. lazy guy who didn't care. And also, it was so was like, funny that they brought the church into it in Criminal Minds because, like, yeah. the number one place where children are yeah. abused. I was like, oh, yeah. God, like, <laughs> Lord. It kind of felt like I really thought that pastor was it was going to be revealed like they were in on it he helped him like traffic kids whatever and then they were just like no this guy just like didn't really care to help yeah he's like i'm too overworked and underpaid for this (laughs) like what yeah but you're tax exempt so like no you're not so get it together (laughs) you work one day a week (laughs) i'm calling you out pastors and reverends for real get Get a a job job. (laughs) pay taxes But anyway, so like these two guys, these two adult men who are very close to this nine, now 10 year old are looking pretty (laughs) suspicious for obvious reasons. Sus AF. Um, So then I found this. I I was initially skeptical about this until I realized that it was Katie as an adult who was saying it. They were like, she starts to break him down mentally from inside the dungeon by asking all these questions about like, she pretty much starts asking the logistics questions of like, how am I going to go to school? Like, how are you going to keep it? And then at one point she, I guess it said like, I want to get married and have children. He's like, oh, you'll marry me. And I'm thinking like, dude, by the time she could have children, you will have aged out of that being a part like, like none of that. It's one where I'm like, man, this nine-year-old has done a lot better math than you. Right. Yeah. Just, then a lot like, more forward thinking about this situation than you have, sir. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I guess that's the thing is I'm like, we knew he was evil. He's just also stupid. Yes. As a side note. But I thought that was like an odd thing that I was reading in all this coverage was they were like, then she started to like play mind games, get like mental with it. I'm like, I don't think we can put that on like a 10 year old kid. And then she started to say it. And I was like, I guess maybe that is her star, right? Maybe she did mean to do this. Like, yeah. Well, they were saying because she had suffered such physical, emotional, mental and sexual abuse as a child, she was really you know, obviously yeah. you grow up quickly and you get instinctual about survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two more like phrasings or sort of misquotings that I came across a lot. One was that like a lot of people were like, this really prepared her to survive. And I'm like, okay, again, don't make it sound like the initial abuse was a good thing. Yeah. This wasn't a fun thing for her. It didn't prepare her. It forced her to be prepared for more things. Correct. Yeah. Th- this was the headline of two different articles was, and they're pulling it from a longer quote she said, where she says, getting kidnapped was the best thing to happen to me. And she's like, because it called the police attention and got me out of my first situation. But it just has like, getting kidnapped was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm like, yeah, guys, yeah. stop saying that. That's a really miss, like, you are not characterizing yeah, the situation it, correctly. It helps to go to the like, idea that he was saving her in some way. It's like, no, he wasn't. Yeah, it's like, no, no. I, I don't know if that... I, as far as I can tell, that's not even how he was justifying it to himself. Yeah. It's just something right? reporters said at some point. Like, one prison to another is not good. Yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> like, he ever thought he was being noble about this. I don't um, either. I think he just knew what he was. He wanted her and started building a dungeon. As you do. As you do. Yeah, and he, I mean... But that's the other thing is like, this was not a general purpose, I'm a pedophile dungeon. He wasn't like, I'll build it and then figure it out. Like, he decided. Yeah. He built it for Katie. If you build it, they will come. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like like an H.H. Holmes type, he wasn't like, I've got a specific victim in mind, so I'll stop building the house now. This guy like undertook this construction project because he was like, yeah, that's that's who I'm which trying is, to grab. Which again is so much planning and organization to then not have the cover story ironed out wild. I mean, and it and it is wild. And like, so that's she starts asking all these questions. I think she asks like, how am I going to work? And he's like, I have enough money to support us both. And she's like, you don't. And then he's like, yeah, I don't. Like, I'm like, this kid understands finance a little bit. So good for her. Cause she's like, good for no, her. You're, you're a construction worker. I don't think you can like afford to keep me alive without me working as an adult. <laughs> and he's like, Oh yeah, you're right. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, man. Did you think of any of this? Right. You really went in blind. <sighs> like, that's insane. He did not prepare. No, which is crazy because he did like, again, he like, he did all this construction work right. and like, again, lucky I saw the video because like, it is an elaborately constructed dungeon. Yeah. Here's how it's covered. Like, it's through a tunnel and then like mm-hmm. out under the house. But like, the tunnel is covered by a 200 pound piece of concrete that you have to lift with a winch that he keeps in a separate place. Like, you need a block and tackle to lift this. That's then covered with like flooring, but it's because he's a contractor. It's like, it's done right. It's not just like boards. He's like, there's like, there's a laminate, then a vinyl layer. Then he puts like wood on top of that. That's then hidden behind like a trap door that he covers with a movable bookcase. I'm like, he like planned out a whole fucking house and then was like he did not spend any time and but again it's like he knew who he was gonna kidnap it's not like he had to do any of this on the fly and let's be honest he did what he he did do well what he does well yeah he he was a very skilled construction worker (laughs) clearly very handy yeah I guess that's maybe the only good thing about this guy. Yeah. He was good at construction. Yeah. You know, terrible human. Terrible human. Good, good um, skill to have. But so <laughs> she does essentially 
break him. Like yeah. that's like that. I think that's why I resisted that characterization at first. Is they're like, then this ten year old girl <laughs> broke his mind, and I'm like, that's yeah. not. But she, she kind of did. She like, yeah. She made him panic. Yeah, and she was like keeping her hope by watching coverage of uh of her hut like she she wrote the book with a journalist who had covered the story and she's like i felt like mm. i knew her because i had watched mm. her like three hours a day every yeah. day while i was down there but so he breaks and goes to the police and is just like i know where she is i kidnapped her like he leads him in he shows in the dungeon she gets out i thought it was interesting to hear from the detective who was on the case because he was like we got her back to the police station we cover her with a blanket and stuff and he's like she was like she'd just come back from the movie she felt like so happy and i'm like oh yeah to have that like sense of relief and it not Mm -hmm. to be sadness and some of that was again like probably it was from the coping mechanisms right she developed through years and years of abuse oh this is so sad it makes you wonder if she had ever felt like what pure joy feels like before that probably not i yeah i wonder because it's it's all it, it would all just be relative to the la- the absence of pain yeah. for her for once. Mm-hmm. So the story does have a happy ending, kind of a, a couple happy endings. So she's immediately put into foster care. She's taken away. As a side note that I found interesting, her mother obviously kept trying to pursue custody for a couple years, but mm-hmm. so did Aunt Linda, who is like her godmother, whose husband is very shortly after this arrested yeah. for that sexual abuse, right? I just thought that was why I'm like why like Especially because, like, for Linda, I'm like, he's going to jail. Divorce him and get out of this situation as quickly Mm -hmm. as you can. Even though you were complicit, you might not have to go to jail. And I think she does go free. So, whatever. But I'm like, how are you possibly trying to get this kid back? She needs her slave. She needs a house slave. Well, as I'm saying this as well, though, I'm like, you know, after the Woody Allen thing, he tried to get custody. Yeah. Why? A power move. Like, you don't think that looks way more incriminating? Oh, God, I hate Woody Allen. Yeah, it's another monster. You know what? We're just going to call him as we see him. If you're a pedophile, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Strong stance to take. I didn't poll either of you. I'm just going to (laughs) assume that all three of us agree it's pretty bad when kids get abused. Not ideal. Not ideal. Yeah. So the other happy ending. So Sal goes to jail. He dies of a coronary in like. 2006 i think and then maybe 2013 i think is when the is when big john dies in his prison cell now i all right so i've read different things about this one detail which is sorry he died in 2009 we died in 09 yeah she talked about it publicly for the first time in 2013 when her book was published Hmm. yes when her book came out that's right okay so big john is serving time in sing sing but he was not like sentenced with her rape or, Correct. you know, child molestation, She's, right. even though, yeah, in one account, like she brought it up in trial at some point. She did testify to it. And the sentencing judge agreed with her that it had happened. So it's like, it's kind of in court record, even though he's not charged with it. What I had read different accounts of was whether or not he eventually confessed to it. And there are a bunch of different. One that I'm pretty sure is not true was in that video where they say, like, he confessed to his parole board in Mm. 2009 that he had, in fact, raped her. He died later that day. And I'm like, I don't think that happened. That would be way too convenient. So you do have to confess to all the crimes for parole. That's like one of their things is you have to take responsibility. So he was, I think, initially charged with it, but they dropped it because they had dropped. 10 charges, including sexual abuse and endangering the life of a child in exchange for him pleading guilty. 
So yeah. he just confessed to kidnapping. That would make sense. And then died yeah. in prison after his fourth parole meeting. Yeah. He only got sentenced to 15 to life, which I thought was odd because I'm like, the to life thing makes the 15 part seem less likely, you know? Like, I yeah. feel like normally you hear like 25 to life, 30 to life. And I'm like, yeah, because that might be the person's lifespan. And they were like, it's short, but we're going to keep, don't worry, we'll, right. we'll never parole him. And they didn't. And I think part of that's like, it was covered on the news. All of the parole board mm-hmm. would have known all of the details. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, there's not really an amount yeah. of prison that will right. change this. But I'm like, sure he didn't want to go to prison with a child sex abuse. Sex yeah. No, I, I don't know. But I'm kind of wondering how that would work. Because I'm like, it's not like when you get in there, the other prisoners are like, hey, what are you formally in here for? Like they would, you know, <laughs> plus they do ask. They ask what you're in for, but is it like, hey, what was on the court record specifically, though? I'm not interested in charges that were dropped. <laughs> they say, can I see your papers? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I guess my, my big issue with that is I'm like, this was all over the news, which I feel like prisoners would have some access to. Yeah, they probably would have They probably know. heard about it. Oh, absolutely. But they do ask to see papers. I just can't imagine. People lie about that shit all the time. Okay. I guess I'm just. Obviously. Yeah. I guess I just thought it would be harder for him to lie because of the media. Yeah. Exactly. And also like, even if they saw that, it's like, all right, you endangered a minor and the details said you built a dungeon. Are are the other prisoners like, but it doesn't say it was for sex reasons. So I'm sure it wasn't. (laughs) They would have mentioned it. Ah, cool. I want a dungeon too. I I don't know much of the details of him in prison. Other than him dying. Yeah. Because I would, I would have assumed he would have gotten, yeah, the shit kicked out of him all the time. Because he is, is, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's a crime with a child. There's no way around that. Sing Sing is also like one of the worst prisons to go to. It is one of the hardest prisons and has a reputation. So... Yeah, it's yeah. it's mostly murderers and sex criminals, if I remember, because it's like New York mm-hmm. State's maximum security, isn't it? Or one yeah. there. Yeah, and it's like one of the, the like the wall is built down like really far into the earth, and it's like ancient and like mm-hmm. it's very creepy, very interesting. Yeah, they've had like famous executions there because it's yeah. where they had their electric chair for so long. It's a vibe uh-huh. for sure. Yeah, I was <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of the other. So the other, I guess, happy ending here is that like she's immediately adopted by a foster family and they take her out of Long Island and out of the city. And she uh, she goes up with brothers and sisters. Very nice. Goes to college, meets a guy who she wants to marry. When she releases the book, she has two children and is married. And I think even now is still selling insurance in Pennsylvania. So like things turned out okay for her. This is where I want to come back to the brother. Okay. So here's a headline from the New York Times. In September 13th, 1994. So this is a few years after everything goes down. It says, charges are brought against two members of the Beers family. And it's Marilyn and her now 18-year-old brother, John. And there are unrelated charges. Marilyn was illegally collecting unemployment benefits that I did the math. It would be like around $8,000 today, like months before the crime happened. So like okay. in fall of 92, she's like doing insurance fraud. John is charged with, this is after the fact, He he's charged with a... a like a B&E and a burglary at another place in Long Island where he has, he's 18. He has a 16 year old accomplice who mm. lives on the first floor of the apartment building and they steal $50 and some videotapes. And I'm like, this is what? where I'm like, yeah, I, I know they, they commit like basically mm-hmm. a small time financial crime, right? 
This said, they both entered pleas. They went together. They got arrested at, I think they turned themselves over at like a motel Mm. because they were together Mm. at a motel. I don't Mm. think they were living there, he and the mom. Maybe they were. I don't know. But so, let's see. They they both plea non-guilty and it goes off the record. But I guess here's my point is uh, brother John was also assaulted by these two men for years and years and years. At the end of this, he doesn't even get out of Marilyn's custody. Yeah. Like he, you know, he, and he doesn't seem to leave her life. And I'm like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. too old to get into the system. And I feel like it's, it's funny. Cause I'm like, you look at Big John and he's like, no, I've given up on this. It's over. He's too old. And then the American government does the exact same thing. They're like, we're not interested in helping this kid. He's right. 16 now. Yeah. Fuck him. And I guess for me, I was like, I, I was hurt by this in a, in a personal way, I guess. Not, I guess it's not really me, but I, um, when I was 18, about to be 19, I had a friend I'd grown up with mm. get, uh, murdered by a guy who like murdered and raped him and stuff. And it was very oh, graphic God. and the body was never recovered. And part of me mm. had always, well, and so that guy, he got like, I think like 15 years for it. Because he had already like served some what? time for a similar crime, which by yeah. the way, you get two strikes on that? Crazy. Yeah, I know. I look him up every couple of years. Don't worry. He, uh, two, two things about this must up guy who killed my friend. He has AIDS, so he's probably going to die in prison. And like, I wouldn't say good to someone having AIDS yeah. in any other situation, yeah. but mm-hmm. you know what? Good. I'm glad. He also got like another 20 years tacked on for various charges around mm. one assault of a guard in there. He's severely mentally ill. Yeah. My point to this was all, I had wondered if there would have been more media attention mm. or more like, look, he, my friend would not have been saved. This guy, you know, he right. would have been dead, but we might have found his body. Uh, and I was like, yeah, except he was like, he was a teenage boy. He was 18 at the time. So he was technically an adult. And yes. it's like, who gives a shit in a sense? Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I want to be clear. I do, but like, it's white uh, girl syndrome. But it's, yeah. And it's part of why, like, Male sexual assault goes unreported most of the time, all of that. But it's also, I was just kind of like, I really feel for this kid, especially because looking at the crime he's charged with in this, and I could not find out what happened with either of those cases. That's the the last we hear of him. He's with his mom, Marilyn. They're getting charged for crimes. But I'm like, he like did a breaking and entering with another friend to steal seemingly what was around in this Mm -hmm. apartment. I don't think they had a target. Because I'm like, it definitely wasn't like a financial crime as in like, and then we won't have to work for a while because mm-hmm. they got $50 and a couple of videotapes. So I'm like, yeah, it sounds like he's an incredibly troubled kid who the system was just yeah, like, right. eh. Correct. There is what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that I'm happy for Katie. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I'm like, this is in no way her fault or anything. I'm glad she got out. But we forget about brother John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who again, abuse victim, who, who knows what the hell happened. Because yeah. the media was like, and we're done. Which, no, that's... So, I'm sorry to end it on a sad note, because I know I mean, the story ends happily, but... No, but I love that you called that out, because you're right. We don't have, as a society, we don't have many resources for the transitional period. Like, once they are 18, it's like, okay, figure it out. Like, yeah. you get a bus ticket, you yeah. get, like, a couple of meal ticks, and they're like, that's it and if you have no family if you have no community around you like you leave and you're like what the hell am i supposed to do right now yeah both of these kids also i don't know but i don't think he graduated high school because i'm like they were both Mm -hmm. kept out of school a lot so they could either do work 
at the Ingolary house or however you say yeah. it, or, you know, be abused. John Oliver just did a piece about this a little while ago about homeschooling. And they're like, all of our yep. resources to catch like abuse and like child molestation, all of that. It's like, it hinges on this idea that it's like children have to interact with third party adults sometimes in a setting where it's less likely to happen, like at a school or like a guidance counselor and all of that. And it's like, if they're abused, it's just like, I'm not going to send them to school anymore. Then it's like, yeah. okay, well then whatever happens, happens. And I think there's like a stipend for homeschooling. In some places, yeah. In some places, yes. It, like I think Utah is yeah. one of those, but Yeah, which might be, which might have already in some cases been spent on building a dungeon because they don't have to account it to the government. I mean, honest to God. Correct. But we've only started, so like when Dahmer was in school, if it had been more recent, people would have seen the flags of alcoholism, right? Because now teachers and counselors are trained in looking for these kinds of signals. There might have been intervention that could have saved lives. But we've only started, uh, Stacey, you mentioned the transitional period, your favorite prisoner family, the who were they in Southern California, and they like kept all their kids oh, chained to the the Turpins. There's a great documentary on the Turpins. Mm -hmm. um, and they had 10, 11 kids, mm -hmm. all homeschooled, chained to their beds. I mean, it was crazy what happened, but they have these kids in this wide range, some of them adults, mm -hmm. that it's like, well, they can't function in society because they've never been in society. What do you do with them? And so California had to be like, we have to figure out resources mm -hmm. to help reinitiate them slowly into society. To be honest, thank God. Yeah. What's the alternative? It's just they're like, we acknowledge that this kid didn't get enough education to get a job. And mm -hmm. we acknowledge that's because he was abused for years and years and years. But, you know, his birthday just happened. So best of luck. Right. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Like what? That's not that's not a solution. No. Isn't there an entity for like adult protective services? Usually that's seen with senior citizens, though. That's what I thought. That's what I yeah. Thought. So mm -hmm. it's that very weird. And also, yeah. I think we need to recognize that 18 to 25 year olds, I'm going to say to 25, you're not really an adult. You're still figuring it out. And like, and Stacey, you had great support yeah. system. Like mm -hmm. if you're a street kid, if you're out of foster care, well, chances are you're very smart. But like crime is so easy to fall back on because it's easy and quick and you get money and like you get food, whatever. There needs mm -hmm. to be specific programming and resources for that group. And I think mm -hmm. especially men, because there's a lot of women's shelters where or specific women's help because they don't, you know, for women, it's always you turn to prostitution, which is in and of itself a terrible little cycle that you get into. But I don't think there's all that many male focused, healthy resources and especially for that group and there no. really needs to be because that's where we see criminality breeding i think we also kind of need to foster a culture where men feel better coming forward about it because like, yes. so many of them they're like right. i will not accept help about this well and look what happened during the me too movement terry cruz came forward hashtag me too and was ripped apart yeah saying this is a woman's movement no it's not it's a victim's movement yeah. and men can be victimized mm-hmm yeah i've I've had some experience of that reaction and it's like, yeah, but this happened though. And right. Still yeah. Right. And right. for someone like 
Yeah, and, but and look, not to say it's not different, but it's almost worse because no one. How do you abuse, quote unquote? How do you abuse a man? All they want is sex. No, Terry Crews does not want to be groped at a work function. Yeah, no. And if someone as masculine, as strong, yeah, as virile as Terry fucking Crews, if it can happen to him, it can fucking happen to anybody. Like mm-hmm. they should have put him up as a yeah. poster child for I, male I, abuse. I, I'll, I'll say this from from my own experience. I had, and it was pretty minor, but something had happened to me. And I remember I was like, oh, my experience of the reaction was that it was like, it's like this is kind of the opposite of what women experience in the reaction. Because I'm like, I think for women, they're mm-hmm. like, no one believes women when they come forward. Because if they did, yeah. they would feel like they had to do something and they're not going to do anything. And I'm like, for me, they were like, yeah. It happened in front of us, like because it happened at a party, and I'm like, oh, okay. And they were like, yeah, no, we acknowledge it happened. Like, what, what would you want us to do about? It? And it was just like, mm. oh, right, like you don't need to do anything for this, or that's the expectation. So I was like, no one had a problem believing me. They just didn't care. Mm-hmm. It's so wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for men, it's we don't care, or why is that a problem, or suck it up, be a man. Yeah. And for women, it's what were you wearing? You brought this on yourself. Yes. Are you sure you weren't sending him sick? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what? If we if we have to compare, I would still say it's way worse for women. But like, mm-hmm. there's just this other side of it for men that's also very not good. I think it's more prevalent for women, which is why it's worse and it's normalized. Yes. Except for the church. Yes. <laughs> Poor boys. Um, I just rewatched Spotlight, which is why I'm like... Yeah. We got to do better at protecting the kids... And that includes 18 to 25. Especially like if they, I'm thinking of those kids you were talking about where I'm like, yeah, if they've never like left their house and have been chained to beds, I'm like, they're not socialized as adults. Like we don't know where they are mentally. Yeah. Correct. None of them had been to school. You know, they got like through the third grade and they, I mean, they were slaves of the house and taking care of each other and doing laundry, constantly laundry because there's 20 of them in the fucking house. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, and abuse breeds abuse. Yeah. So they taught the boys wow. to abuse the, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. oh, it's a great documentary though. You should definitely watch it. Do it. I'll get the name after this. <clears throat> what is the oh, name? Yeah, plug it. Or sponsor. actually, no, just say it. Okay, let me- the, the listeners will also. <laughs> Turpin family is sponsor us. No! Let me look it up real fast. I, so I can never remember. Mm. Turpin family. Are you doing a jingle yes. for the Turpin family? Turpin House of Horror? Guys, I think I got I to get off this podcast before I'm incriminated. I, I know. Fair. You better leave. In whatever Veronica is doing. Is about to look up for real. Google Turpin family documentary on Netflix. It's called The Family. Yes. And it's so good. And I believe it happened in Riverside County was where they ended up because they kept mm-hmm. moving. Anyway. Okay. So, Tommy, tell us what you're doing. What? Uh, yeah. I'm really good at... We just plugged the Turpins. Yeah, uh, Tell us a little about you, Tommy. <laughs> I have a show tonight that will be like three weeks ago or something when this airs, so don't worry about that. Yeah. Other than that, I'm like, I don't have shows coming up yet in November, but I would like to be booked, so please book me. Uh, I've done stuff at the Improv. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm a good comic. <laughs> I got a good 10. Help me out. I'm also... Uh, I will plug myself for this. I've been I've been writing for a few more different people. If you want punch up service, get in touch with me. I negotiate prices. 
I was going to say it's a sliding scale. I'm like, it's less formal than that. You tell me <laughs> what you would like to pay. We'll work from there. And other than that, I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm working on screenplays that will not. <laughs> they're like shorts, but they won't be done until the new year. So who gives a fuck? That's fair. That's fair. I love it. Where can people follow you for new shows? Because you're always getting booked. Like you're always working. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm always getting booked. Uh, so busy. You can follow me on Instagram is the best place at Tommy Spears Comedy. Spears is spelled like Britney. Free Britney. I don't think we're related. Yeah. If you're free Britney, please. Okay, great. I liked the knife dance as a side note. <laughs> I did too. I was going to say it, but I was just, it wasn't sure how we all felt about it. I loved I enjoyed the knife it. dance. It was yeah. a thing. Yeah. Especially once I, I learned that they were like, that was at a prop house. She wasn't like putting herself in danger. I'm like, well, yeah, then this exactly. seems fun. It seems like she was just having some fun. I would do it. I'd be like, look at these things. Better have oh some gosh. fun. Guys, part of freeing Britney means we're going to have to accept the choices she makes for herself. Correct. And that might be knife dancing. And Correct. that's fine. Correct. Don't try to stifle her knife dancing. Don't knifle her. <laughs> oh, my- <gasps> oh, God. Talk about punch ups. Ugh. Mm. Doing punch-ups here with my gnome friend. Gary's back. Oh, Gary. Gary's back. Gary's back. Okay. Oh, pumpkin guy. Yes, what I'm talking about. Pumpkin. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. We've completely unhinged. (laughs) Tommy, thank you so much for being with us. Everyone, like, subscribe. Thank you guys for having me. Comment, share. I don't know. Do do the the things. things. And join us next week for another episode of Criminal Gines. Hey guys, Veronica here. Apparently I can't Google in real time. So if you want to check out the Turpin documentary, it is called the Turpin 13 Family Secrets Exposed on Amazon. The Turpin 13. Go watch it. It's truly horrific, but also really well done.